Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Let's Talk Mental Health Show, where we discuss all aspects of mental health and wellness and how it impacts our physical health. We'll share stories and speak with behavioral health experts to normalize conversations around mental health and the need for occasional support. Our goal is to reduce stigma and provide listeners with tools and resources you need to lead physically and mentally healthy lives. Hello. I think we're live. I see a red light. Hi, everyone. Welcome to our broadcast today. I'm your host, Dr. James Simmons, board-certified nurse practitioner and founder of Ask the NP. As a reminder, as we start this, please, the information provided during this event is for educational purposes only, all right? If you have any questions regarding medical conditions or treatment plans, things like that, please consult your physician or primary care provider. Okay, disclaimer's done. Let's get to the fun. Let's get started. And look who it is. It's Dr. <laughs> Robin Henderson. Ah, it's been too long. Oh, Dr. James, it is so good to see you. I've been looking forward to my therapy session with you today. As have I, very much so. And I, I'm in a little bit of a different environment right now, but I think we're, I think we're still doing okay. I think we're all right here. Yours looks fantastic as always. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so, it's a pleasure to be with you. Yeah, It's a pleasure to be with you as well. And like, kind of like the environment I was in or my morning on a micro level, lots of things that were unplanned yeah. happened today. So how do I plan for the unplannable for my specific day? But more broadly, that is our topic of the day today. How do we plan for the unplannable? So and I think it were, you know, we sort of think about this in terms of like a COVID standpoint, like a pandemic standpoint, but then also as that trickles down into other sort of like micro things in our life. So before we get started on planning for the unplannable or how do we approach that, Doc Robin, for those who do not know you, please introduce yourself to the audience. Well, I am Dr. Robin Henderson. I am a psychologist by training. I am the chief executive of behavioral health for Providence Health System here in the Oregon region. I am also the Chief Clinical Officer of Work to Be Well, which is our youth mental health prevention and education arm that really allows us to explore all the different things related to mental health. I love to talk about mental health, and I really like this topic about how do you plan for the unplannable. I'm curious where we go today. I, I'm really curious where we go to. And you and I can go off on tangents, which is great. And I think uh, I think everyone enjoys that. So, le I mean, let's just start there, right? The So it's November. Mm -hmm. Most people got locked down in March, right? So what are we at? 20 months, 20 months of experiencing this pandemic. If it has taught all of us anything, Doc Robin, it is that we need to be able to plan for the unplannable. But where in the heck do we begin with that? You know, you're so right. It has taught all of us that that planning for the unplannable, the unexpected, uh, when I think it's a really great way to say this, when my daughter came home from spring break in college and in, in March or high school, I'm sorry, she was, my gosh, she was in high school. She's a sophomore in college now. Whoa. I know. She came home from school for spring break and never went back to high school. Uh, Talk about the unplannable, right? Yeah. Talk about all the things that you don't expect. And everybody had to pivot and figure out what's important and what's not important. And that really is the best place to start in anything, whether it's a big, huge thing like high school graduation or a little thing oh. like, you know, a dinner party. What's important about the experience and what's not so important? And that's a multi-layered mm -hmm. thing to unpack. But that's really where this conversation starts is figuring out what's your end game? What's your end goal? What do you want from the experience? 
Mm. And then when the unplanned happens, how do you make the best of the unplanned so that you still get what it is that you and the people you love want out of it? I really, I really like that. It almost, it sort of brings me to the, uh, what popped up in my mind was expectations, right? Yep. What are, what are our expectations of a certain event or of a person or of our senior year of high school? Oh, I can't imagine having to go through that virtually and all of those expected experiences that you might have in your senior year that unfortunately you miss or or have to do you know vir virtually but so it's a mindset how do we even before something happens before the unplannable plans how do we change that mindset how do we get into that mindset of maybe prioritizing what is actually important for this thing that's about to happen you know it's easier said than done uh, I spent a lot of time talking with high school students that year and last year about how do you readjust your expectations around you're not going to get a senior prom or your senior prom's not going to look like it did. You're not going to have a high school graduation in the way you thought you would. Mm -hmm. And it was really interesting to ferret through and get down to unpack. What is it about this? Is it is it pomp and circumstance? Is it crossing the bridge, getting your diploma? What is it? And when you really talk to people and figure out and unpack what they really want, it's often something completely different than what you might think. Mm. And I'll give you a couple examples. When I was talking with high school students about, about what are you going to miss uh, as we go through this process, what are you going to miss? What did you miss? One of the students really struck me when he talked about the ability to mentor younger students. And part oh. of the tradition of being a, a senior is to be able to go back to the freshmen who are up and coming in student government and mentor them and have the opportunity during the last quarter to really bring them together. And when he began to realize that that was what important was important, he set the conditions so that that could happen virtually. Mm. And that became a really rich experience because he figured out, again, what was really important, which wasn't what people thought. And that's often the way it is. When we think about like, well, we're coming up on a holiday, Turkey Day, you know, where, mm -hmm. where we bring a lot of people together and there are a lot of expectations. And I will guarantee you, Dr. James, everybody coming to my house has a different expectation. Sure. But we all have the same end goal. And that same end goal is to share family time together, to laugh, to, to have some fun, and hopefully play a good game of Monopoly. <laughs> oh, you're a, you're a Monopoly family during uh, during holidays, right? I love it. I, there's there's something about those managing of those of those expectations, but understanding even in a group dynamic. I love that you brought that up. Sort of what the end goal is, like for the high school students you mentioned, like the end goal is to have this positive experience and do the thing that you wanted to do before you graduated, right? Your family. Let's spend family time together. But I feel like sometimes people go into experiences without a game plan. Like okay. we're just, this is gonna happen. I'm not even gonna prepare for the unpreparable, <laughs> if you will, or plan for the unplannable as we're talking. So what what is it about a game plan that can really set us up for success knowing that pretty much 100% of the time, the way we think things are gonna go, that doesn't happen. I'm pretty sure that you're gonna talk about the way that, that the game plan comes together, doesn't exactly work out. I like to think about football because, you know, when you think about football, you got two people with game plans, right? And you got your you, you got your defense and your offense, and they both have a game plan. And when you mish those two things together, they either mish and crash on the field or they go like this and somebody scores, right? 
Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how we approach many of these activities because we're coming in with a lot of different, you know, especially in a group, everybody's got a different game plan. Uh, I may, I, and I find this working with people who are, who are pretty tightly wound. You know, we might, we might talk about people who are pretty tightly wound, who, who like to plan everything out and, and thinking about that dinner party that's coming up on Turkey Day. We're thinking about, okay, on Tuesday, I'm going to make my cranberries and I'll, on Wednesday, I'm going to do my day ahead mashed potatoes and, and plan that all ahead. Those folks, generally speaking, are, are probably a little less likely to have a, a well thought out backup plan for the unexpected. Mm-hmm. They may have a backup plan for the expected, but they probably don't have a backup plan for the unexpected. And the unexpected could be anything from COVID's going to shut us down and nobody can come. Um, another one of my personal favorites happened just the other day. I was expecting my kids to come home for dinner. Super excited. Midweek, two college kids coming home for dinner. I am super excited. But you know what I didn't anticipate? <laughs> that they're college kids and then they weren't going to come home. <laughs> that that when we got on the freeway together, there was an accident on the freeway about five oh, minutes ahead of them. No. And they spent two and a half hours on I-5. Getting uh. <laughs> home for dinner. And they walked in about 1130 at night. So there's a variety of different ways you play, right? Yeah. There's a variety of different ways you play the expectation. But the reality at the end of the day is I got to see my kids at 1130 at night. Right. And the two of them got to sit in a car and talk for three hours. Mm-hmm. Which is really, absolutely, really, really fantastic. And at, like you said, the you knew the higher level, the gestalt, the bigger picture of the whole yes. thing was that you got to spend some time with your kids and your kids got to spend some time with each other. Um, I, it's, it's fantastic. And I, I like that, I like that, that higher level, but most people struggle, Dr. James, we struggle to, to see the bigger picture. We struggle to see what's really actually important. And we get really caught up in what's right in front of us and making sure that what what's right in front of us is perfect. Now, why, why do you, why do you think that is? Cause I actually will tell you, I feel like I'm, I'm maybe, you know, a lot of people will say what you will about this, but I actually feel like I, Thinking about the bigger picture is a little bit easier for me. Maybe mm-hmm. I'm not so great at the details, right? But what about what about the people who are a little bit more hyper focused on the things that are right in front of us? How do you shift your thinking? How do you how do you make sure that your body, mind, soul, spirit are ready to shift your thinking and to welcome in that sort of higher level prioritization of this event that's going to happen that something unplannable happened with? That's a really great question because a lot of times that's where those those mindfulness techniques come in where where you got to take a breath, you got to take a breather, you got to stop getting all wound up. And and I hear, you know, again, work a lot with high school students who will talk about getting all wound up and getting all wound up. And when something goes in and stops you from being wound up, right, something unexpected happens and all of a sudden everything you planned, your best laid plans go to to heck in a handbasket. Mm-hmm. that shift in perspective can be hard. And sometimes it takes somebody else to look at you and say, you know what? I get that you're upset. It's not going the way you wanted, but look at what we do have. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate it when people do that for me, because I can get wound up about stuff, you know, taking it out of the holiday season. I can look at like a project I've got running and, and I'm going, it's going and it's going really, really well. And then all of a sudden somebody throws a wrench in it. And the project's not going to happen the way I wanted it to. It can take somebody else looking at me saying, you know, there's a little silver lining in here. Mm. Maybe this didn't happen for you here. But if you look at it this way, 
Maybe it could be something completely different. So finding the beauty in the broken. I love that, you know, have you ever heard that tale that talks about the pottery, you know, the cracked pottery and you fill the cracked pottery in with gold and it becomes a different piece? Wow, no, I haven't, but I, I mean, I love that. I think that's fantastic that it wasn't this same molded piece of pottery that you originally started with or that you really right. thought you were gonna have, but look at what ended up happening even after it was broken. And, and that's that kind of idea that we have to get to. And sometimes it takes somebody else, a, a good friend, somebody with a little different perspective to help us stop seeing what's happening to me mm -hmm. and seeing what's happening to everything. It's really easy to get focused on the impact on me. It's harder sometimes for some of us to get focused on the impact on the whole. Oh, which is so important because everything we do, everything we, the actions that we take, the uh, actions that we don't take, all of the things yeah. that we do impact everyone around us. Um, they, they, they really do. And sometimes when you can remove from yourself, I think, and look at the we say this all the time, the bigger picture, right? But if you yeah. think about that, there are people involved in the bigger picture, like how are you affecting your loved ones, your family, your community, yeah. et cetera, it can make looking at that bigger picture um, a little bit easier. I wanna say welcome to everyone who's here. If you are just tuning in, by the way, we're about halfway through, we are on YouTube and LinkedIn and Facebook. And I don't know where else, we're like all over the place. We're live global. Um, I am Dr. James Simmons. This is Dr. Robin Henderson. We are talking about planning for the unplannable. Um, and we appreciate you, you joining us. If you have questions, comments, concerns, drop them down in the chat. We got some folks in the background who are gonna get those questions out to us. So Doc Robin, I'm gonna turn it just a little bit, um, a little bit more serious. So yeah. a lot of times there are unexpected tragedies, illnesses. Yeah things like the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, what are what are some of the best ways, maybe even in that initial moment when you hear that news or or something that's a little bit more serious that involves someone's health or a tragedy, how, how do you sort of plan to cope with those things? I really appreciate you bringing it back to, to what happens when something, you know, when we have a tragedy, when we have an unexpected event that happens, whether it's COVID or an illness or or something like that. Something that happens often happens to someone close or even a breakup, which, which can be similarly something that's really, really jarring. And first things first, when something happens that's unexpected, tragic, is figure out where you are. Take a minute, take a breath, take a piece for you. Take time to figure out what is the impact in here, you know, and let's take the example of what happens when someone passes away. And, and often in, in the COVID-19 world, that did happen for a lot of people. But there's also many of us have aging parents. You know, there's the life cycle of life that happens. Uh, and there's also unexpected tragedies that happen. But taking a minute, because the reality is reacting in that minute isn't going to change the fact that somebody's passed away. Mm -hmm. But you taking a minute to stop and center yourself and figure out where you're at in this to begin to to take that in and figure out what that means for you can help you figure out how it is not only that you deal with the situation itself but you deal with other people around you mm. and that's a hard thing to do especially if you're a caretaker i'm a caretaker yeah. right i my natural inclination is to take care of everybody else before i take care of me mm -hmm. But I have to remember that if I don't put on my own oxygen mask, I can't help you with yours. 
How can you help everybody else? Yeah, exactly. And and I I feel like that's such a simple thing, Doc Robin, that people can really grab onto and hold onto. Yeah. When something really intense, when the biggest of the unplanned events happen in our lives, okay, I know I can do this one thing. And that one thing is to just stop <laughs> and breathe and take measure just like head to toe, just like, let me analyze where I am, mind, body, soul, spirit, just the whole thing. Let me see yeah. where I am to start before I go anywhere else. And, and I find that to be really interesting. You know, I remember my, my father died about a decade ago and he had cancer and had been sick for some time and had lived an amazingly wonderful, wonderful life. But I knew at some point that call was gonna come and, and I knew that he was gonna pass. And my best friend did an amazing thing for me. She, several weeks before, gave me a, a little bottle I don't recommend this for everybody, but she gave me a little <laughs> bottle of Patron to put in my purse. Mm. And she said, wherever you are, when you hear that your dad has passed, I want you to drink him a toast. Mm -hmm. Aww. And the thought in her mind, and I appreciate the thought, was that it gave me a minute to just reflect and think and be mm. before I had to do. And, and those types of rituals, those types of things where, where you, you know, um, you know, and it helps if you know, and yeah. granted we had known, but still the jarring impact is hard. Of Figuring course. out what is it you're gonna do. You can actually plan for that. If I'm gonna get news that I know is gonna be unexpected, how do I plan for the fact that I'm gonna take a minute, I'm gonna gather myself, I'm gonna honor this moment, mm. and then I'm gonna move. I, I I love that so much. Having thinking about the the ritual, and you said something really magical there. I think if folks watching, if there's anything that you can take away from that moment when you get the news, that moment when that unplanned thing happens, is that it is very okay for you to take a moment to just be yep. and not have to do. I think we we live the society we live in and the way that we're trained and our brains think we all think okay what do I have to do about this right now and I, and I get that we're such doers right but if it's okay to just be for a moment see where you are because then it even helps you figure out what the doing is in the best way possible right if you don't know where you are and the you know take sort of stock of the situation and of yourself how do you know what to do next so I love that. I feel like that's tip one. Do you have a couple of others, Doc Robin, that maybe people can have, like the Patron in your purse, like a couple of other <laughs> tips that folks can have that they can throw in their purse or in their back pocket or, you know, so to speak, about you know, when these things happen? You know, I do. And and I think that the second thing that I always do after I've taken that minute for me is I want to check in on you. I want to check in on the people around me. I want to check in. Uh, on on other people in the room and see where they're at and see, you know, how's this person doing? Do they need a minute to themselves? Do they need a reminder? Do they need permission to stop doing and just take a breath and take a minute? Uh, so checking in on the people that are around you, checking in on other family members, checking in on other people to see, has everybody done what you've done, which is take a minute to absorb all of this? Do we need a collective minute together? to absorb all of this. I mean, think about how powerful that is to take a collective minute together and just take a breath and honor what's happened.
Absolutely. Now, granted, if you're in the middle of a tornado or a hurricane, that's probably not going to happen that way. <laughs> right. Or, I mean, if some if someone bumps you on the interstate and if you're about to go into oncoming traffic, do not take a minute to be. Do not take a minute. Do not drink the Patron. Go, do, do not. Do not drink the Patron. Do something. Get out of the way. Right. But I, I think everyone watching understands this. Yeah. This is particularly, you know, when, when we get that news. And, and we actually have a question coming in from, from Social Doc Robin. Um, that sort of pertains to this. How the question is: How can we begin conversations with family members when someone dies prior to Thanksgiving dinner? The whole family shocked. How do we have that conversation? How do we talk about that? That's a really great question because, especially this last year, we're making up for 20 months. For many of us, we didn't have mm. Thanksgiving last year, so this is going to be our first gathering. And there may have been several deaths. There may have been several events. There may have been several different types of disruptions that as a family, you need to address. Mm -hmm. So one great way to do this is to think about the ritual that we have when we start a meal together. Many of us will sit down at a table together and, or we'll sit down in a room together or whatever your family ritual is for how you gather for when you begin that. And many people start with a prayer or reflection, depending on their faith, but find a way to start with acknowledging the loss mm. and perhaps having an opportunity, uh, whether it's a toast or, or, or just a table conversation to say, you know, I want to take a minute to, to really honor the fact that, that grandpa passed away since the last time we were all together. And I know for me, that's a big loss. And I always remember my favorite memory of grandpa at, you know, at this gathering was the way he carved the turkey or whatever it is. Take a minute to add an opportunity for people to reflect on the memories of that event and that person with that event. And, and really find a way to give yourself permission. I, I know this is going to sound corny, but one of my favorite parts of the Oscars is when they do that moment of reflection where they talk about all the people who have passed in the last year and they oh. offer up a picture or, or a funny story or whatever. And, and that's the kind of idea. Um, how do we give an opportunity to not only have a shared grief experience, but a shared wonderment in the memories that bring us joy? Mm, I love that. And, and to be brave about it. Yeah. Right. It, I think when you when we are brave enough to acknowledge the elephant in the room, if you will, of, of a, someone's passing mm -hmm. and to say, this is how I tribute to grandpa. And this is my this was my favorite memory. It opens up that space for everyone else yeah. to just take a breath and then be able to take stock of where they are and to also offer their tribute. And it might delay Thanksgiving dinner by 20 or 30 minutes, but then everyone's gotten a chance to pay tribute. Everyone's gotten a chance to level set, to be on the same page, to, to, to get it out in the open. And it can change the dynamics of everything. Right. I think like you mentioned before about the high school student who wanted, was looking forward to mentoring younger students, you may not have ever realized that your sibling or loved one next to you has a completely different memory of grandpa that yeah. you never even knew about. Right. And so it can sort of create these magical connections when you when you open that space. So thank you so much for the individual sharing that, that conversation on social and, and Doc Rob, what a what a fantastic way, allowing people permission. Right. Yeah. So let's let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. 
Well, and this can be a great icebreaker at Thanksgiving anyway. Even if you haven't had a, a, a death loss in your family or, or a breakup of a major relationship or whatever, having the opportunity to share what are you, you know, we've all been through this shared pandemic experience together and we've all lost certain experiences. Mm-hmm. When you think over the last 20 months, um, you know, is it, was it missing your senior prom? Was it, you know, not being able to have parents weekend at college? Was it, what was it for you that perhaps is a shared experience that we could all think about together and just have that opportunity to talk about it, to bring us closer? I imagine, you know, that for some people, this holiday season is going to be awkward. Yeah. We're going to have to see relatives we haven't seen in a while. We're going to be out of practice for dealing with difficult conversations around the table. So let's come armed with some tips and tricks on how to do it better. Uh, I like this, especially like the vaccination conversation, of course, and the politics and all of those things. So, you know, taking stock of where you are, taking a breath, right? Acknowledging sort of the elephant in the room. I, I love that this, you know... I feel like we all sort of plan for the difficult Thanksgiving conversation, if you will, but sometimes we're not ready for that. Sometimes it is unplanned, right? We think Thanksgiving dinner conversation is going to be perfectly fine and then it ends up (laughs) not being. So when we're, I love that you brought that up, when we're having that conversation at the Thanksgiving dinner table and we're like, oh crap, this is going down and there's 14 people at this table and I can't run. Like, On top of taking measure of where you are and breathing and knowing where you are, what's another tip? Like, how do we plan for that conversation, Robin? Well, depending on how difficult the conversation is, there's two ways to go. You either dive in and engage in the conversation and know that it's going to be messy, Mm. or you distract and you blow it up. (laughs) How about about those... uh, those I, I lived in Chicago for a while. How about those Cubs, right? That's always a great, just like, distract, right? Let's How about those about Cubs? Football. Oh my gosh, did you did you know that, that Billy over here joined Poi Club? Do you know what Poi Club is? Have you ever seen a fire dancer? That's a good distraction, man. Nothing distracts you better than fire dancing. <laughs> Look at this video of my child fire dancing, right? <laughs> right <Yeah>. here. <laughs> hey, I mean, Billy, that- you want to demonstrate fire dancing at the Thanksgiving table? Probably okay. That's bridge too far. Maybe not inside. Maybe in the backyard afterwards. But I mean, that's 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 okay. You sort of are giving folks, Doc Robin, the green light to kind of blow up the conversation a little bit if they need to. Yeah, because we don't have to have all the dirty, messy conversations at the table. And to be honest with you, some people are probably going to have their feelings hurt a little bit. Mm -hmm. It's really super helpful to if you see somebody who's having a tough time with a conversation, either with the fact that it changed and they feel cut off or the fact that that the conversation, you know, made them uncomfortable and they didn't want to engage. Having a private conversation in another room and saying, you know, I hear you. I see you. I just didn't feel that this was the time, but I promise we're going to make time when we can talk about this. I just didn't think over the dinner table was it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, I think it's really important to know sort of what the dynamic of your family is or the individuals at the dinner table, um, Mm -hmm. right. To know that. And because sometimes I think people say, now we shouldn't talk about this. Right. But what's important to finish that with is when can we talk about it? Because if someone is bringing it up, a lot of times they're just needing to be acknowledged about how they feel about something. And so, hey, Bob, uh, Uncle Bob, everybody's got Uncle Bob, right? Uncle Bob, I love this. I totally want to hear your thoughts. 
let's not talk about it now, but I promise you over pumpkin pie, you and I are going to sit outside and I want to hear all about it. Or Exactly. Yeah. And, and how you can, you know, it's easier to have difficult conversations in a dyad or a triad, but 14, 15 people with a difficult conversation, Ooh. someone's going to get hurt. Yeah. And the snarky comments come in and the, you know, and then there's too many knives around. People could throw things like no. <laughs> not, not a fan of that at all. So this kind of leads me into one of my other questions here. And we just have about 90 seconds left or so. Folks watching, if you have any other questions, please drop them in the uh, comments. We'll grab them real quick while we have Doc Robin's time. Um, so that does lead me, though, into Doc Robin's when is it okay to just know that the plan is completely done? So like even other than Thanksgiving and just blow it up, right? This, yep. there is no backup. There is no whatever. We're completely blowing up this plan. We're going at plan zero. There is none. I'm so glad you brought that back up because it, it takes me back to what you were talking about, about you being a 30,000 foot person. You know, mm. you've got the goal in mind. You've got the 30,000 feet. You have no idea how to get the 29,990 feet below it to there. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right when the whole thing blows up the the best thing in that moment is to find the humor find the gold mm -hmm. find the humor and and find the grub hub or the DoorDash or or whatever it is that you need to do ah, really, the turkey's frozen let's order chinese let's right just go. Just, let's just get in a car and go for chinese food or whatever it is that we're going to do but when you know the vacation is and and i'll give you a great example during the pandemic i was going to head to mexico with a friend of mine and I found out four days before we left that my passport was expired. Oh, oh no. So for about 24 <laughs> hours, we tried to salvage this vacation. We tried everything we could. And finally, we just kind of had to call it and go, you know, wasn't meant to be. We're going to do something else at another time. I'm sad. I'm bummed. Go enjoy Cabo. And having the ability to let go and realize that sometimes the universe is going to tell you that now's not the time to do this. It's okay. Mm -hmm. It is okay. I love that. I love that you brought it back to the universe too. Your connection with the universe or God, if you're a faith person of faith or any of those things, right? Sometimes you're just like, all right, this is the universe is telling me that, you know, I got to let this go. And yep. Doc Robin, we have to let this conversation go. We're right at 30 minutes. Oh my gosh, look at that. I all, Most of the time I go way over, right? But I know we're good. We just nailed it. We're right at 30 minutes. I do want to thank you so much. Um, it has been too long since we've done this. I think we get to do it again soon, I hope. I hope, Dr. James. I love talking with you. And I really, really love talking with our viewers about how we can take mental health and really bring it into our daily life and really make it part of who we are. It's really simple. You said it so well. This is simple stuff, but we forget the simple stuff all the time, don't we? Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, we most certainly do. So keep it simple, the other S word, right? That sometimes people say, that'll be the takeaway, right? And I love the just, just take a moment to be, don't feel like you have to do when yep. the unplanned happens in your life. So thank you everybody for watching, taking, uh, if you're on the West Coast, I guess, taking a little bit of your lunch hour with us. This is a whole series that Providence does. Lots of different topics on LinkedIn, YouTube, Facebook. So be sure to follow on all of those platforms so you never miss out and never, never miss a fun conversation like this because nobody has more fun than we do, right, Doc Robin? That's right, Dr. James. I can't <laughs> wait to see you again soon. Uh, absolutely, I'm the same way. Please make sure you follow Providence on social media, at Providence on Twitter and under Providence Health System on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And of course, if you're looking for help with your mental health 
or other medical advice, please visit providence.org. Thank you all so much. Enjoy your day. Thank you. Be well.